You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. Okay, everyone. Today, we've got Melanie Diesel, who is the founder and chief content officer at StoryFuel, which is a company that equips marketers, creators, and sales professionals with the skills and strategies that they need to tell better brand stories. And then also, she's got a new book that has come out as well with the same name, right? Yeah, the Content Fuel Framework. There you go. So, Melanie, first and foremost, welcome to the show. How is it going? Thanks for having me. You know, it's good. I'm hanging in there like everybody else, right? We're hanging in. That's good. You, you know what I want to first start with? I mean, because we know there's an exodus from, you know, New York, California right now. And you actually just moved from New York to? To Raleigh. Yeah. So my husband and I, we were there and we had a, a one-year-old or almost one-year-old. And as soon as quarantine hit, it became painstakingly obvious that a 500 square foot apartment with two adults working from home and a baby was not going to cut it. So we were looking for somewhere we could get more space, get closer to nature, you know, ideally a little less densely populated so we could, you know, go outside without worrying so much. Raleigh seemed like the right place to be. And you love it, right? We do. Yeah. I mean, and granted, it's hard to kind of get to know many people with everything that's going on, but we're doing our best to drive around and explore and finding parks, you know, places where we could be safe. And that sounds like the dream because I'm here in downtown LA and then like, I don't go out as much. I just ride on this bike in the back. Right. And, and so yeah. to be able to have a yard, a much bigger place and all that, I think yeah. it's, it's underappreciated. And now I think my prediction right now that it's, it's September of 2020, the yeah. exodus is going to get bigger and bigger. Right. So oh, yeah. anyway, that aside, I, can you talk a little bit about story feel itself and the yeah. company, how it all works? Yeah. So, you know, my background is as a journalist, I studied journalism. I'm like a storyteller through and through And I found that I was having a hard time getting a job in a newsroom. I mean, we've all seen what's happened to media over the last 10, 15 years, you know, going online, the teams are smaller, the budgets are smaller. And so I found myself trying to figure out how can I use these skills of finding stories, telling stories, sharing other people's stories in a way that's slightly more employable at the moment. And that's how I ended up on the marketing side, you know, doing content marketing, teaching brands, how to think more like journalists. And so I had worked for several years. I was at the Huffington Post. I was the first editor of brand content at the New York Times. And then I spent some time at Time Incorporated, which at the time owned 35 magazines in the US. So I was really kind of working with brands, but through the intermediary of these media companies. And I had the realization that, you know, these media companies are bringing me in to build content teams and to tell stories on behalf of brands. What if I started my own shop and I just worked directly with brands? So it was a big leap for me, especially, I mean, if you work in journalism, you don't get into it for the money or like the entrepreneurship. So it's definitely a big leap, but that was really my goal is if I'm out on my own, I could work with more brands. I can do more workshops. I can speak at conferences and just go out there and and teach more people, reach more people and help them come to love, you know, telling stories through content like I do. Yeah. You know, there aren't a lot of people out there. I I can probably think of one that talks a lot about, you know, creating stories and the the importance of stories. And then the subtitle you have here is how to generate unlimited story ideas. So I guess the business itself, what is it that you offer around kind of storytelling and just so people get a sense of, yeah, what it is that you have? Yeah. So most of what we do is, is focus on education. So if you're looking for somebody to like write your blogs for you, make your videos, that's not what we do. We're not an agency. But if you're looking for help figuring out how to do that, then we're probably the right team to help you. So a lot of what we do, especially in a non-COVID year, I do a lot of speaking and, and workshops at conferences, marketing conferences, entrepreneurship conferences, 
you know, industry specific like healthcare or tech or something. And then we also do corporate workshops. So, you know, one of my favorite was I got to go inside at Google and do a big corporate workshop for a bunch of the Google engineers and, and folks to help them figure out how do we translate what our products are through content that reaches our desired audience. So, you know, it's really, for me, it's all about teaching and, and trying to share as much as possible. And that's a big part of why I wrote the book too, was just, this is a tool for me to reach more people with these best practices. So yeah, people can work with us to help them build a strategy, help them build a team. We can teach, you know, if, they, if they're just launching a new product and they, they need to sort of get their whole team up to speed on content marketing, we can definitely help with that. Got it. And so I want to come back to that in a second. So the business yeah. itself, how do you guys make money? Yeah. So, okay. In the average year, and again, I'm using non-COVID numbers because that's, that's what I've got at my disposal. 40% of our revenue comes from, from speaking engagements. Usually me going out doing speaking at, at conferences and, and workshops. The rest of it is split between a couple of different things. It's consulting. So like I said, working with businesses who need help figuring out how to create a content team or optimize their content strategy. Usually on like a month to month retainer basis, we work for them as long as they need to, to get that up to speed. And we have a few other things that, you know, vary year to year. So we do some coaching one-on-one, -on -one. not a ton, not everybody wants that service, but if they, if they do need one-on-one -on -one help for a personal brand or as an entrepreneur, we can do that. We run the brand storyteller mastermind. We usually run that two to three times a year. So that's a small group online coaching program. And that accounts for five to 10% of our revenue usually. And then there's the, the other assorted things, you know, the, the bonus things we all do here and there that are kind of outside things like affiliate deals or, or book sales and, and things like that. Got it. I'm just looking at the website right now. I'm going through all yeah. the pages that you have. So I guess where are people falling short when it comes to, to content marketing? Because everyone's like, oh yeah, you should be doing content marketing. But yeah, I guess what are the yeah. mistakes that you're seeing right now? What can they do to kind of, you know, get around it? Well, a big part of is just what you said, which is we're all, we all know we need to be doing content marketing, but so few of us are actually trained in how to do that, how to tell stories, find stories, you know, look for sources, things like that. So I think the big mistake a lot of us make, especially early on, or if you're in a, in a startup environment and no one has that expertise is you spend all your time talking about the things that you care about, right? New product, new flavor, new color, whatever it may be, a sale, and you don't spend enough time focusing on what your audience actually cares about, right? It becomes very self-centered, the storytelling. It's all about us and what we want to say. And so the first thing we always focus on is how do we get more information about what your audience wants to know about this topic? And so you can do that through a variety of, you know, search tools, for example. Answer the Public is a, a favorite free tool of mine. You could punch in keywords and it tells you what people ask related to that. I recommend there's a book by Marcus Sheridan called They Ask, You Answer, which is also really helpful for kind of feeding that audience need. But that's probably the most common mistake is creating content like for content's sake or for yourself and not putting your audience and their needs at the center of what you do. Right. Also kind of related to that, you know, talking about telling better brand stories. Why are stories even important today's day and age? People, oh, I'm too busy to do that. I don't need to think about that. It's just all about products. So what, why is that important? I think it's really important for us to realize that on an interpersonal level, we know that stories are the primary way we communicate. You know, when you meet someone new, you don't just say job and they reply with their job title and city and they reply with where they live, right? It's always a story. You're constructing a narrative around these things. That's how we communicate and it's how we remember. And so we know that when we can create sort of emotional content that strikes some emotion for them, whether that's, you know, they're making them happy, you know, striking their curiosity making them afraid a little bit, if there's something to be concerned about, that's going to connect much more deeply. And so, you know, you think of all the brands that we respect so much that we love their advertising, which is pretty unusual, you know, brands like Apple, 
Starbucks, Nike, the ones who really kind of strike a chord for us. It's the ones who tell a story and they construct a narrative. They don't just say, here's a phone. They say shot on iPhone and they show you, you know, the touching photos that you wouldn't have otherwise, right? It's all about that emotional connection and constructing a story around it. For the folks who feel like I don't have time for this, it doesn't have to be, you know, a stressful, time-consuming thing. I think one of the things we forget is that everything we do throughout the day is can be inspiration for content. So, you know, my best example of this is we've all had that experience as a kid or if you have young kids where you see the pizza guy throwing the dough up in the air, right? Like when he's about to make a pizza. Now, he doesn't think that's super interesting, but we can't do it. We don't know how to do it. And so we find it fascinating. So even that guy just filming himself throwing the dough, you know, to to spread it out into a bigger circle, like that could be interesting content that other people watch, you know? And so just thinking about what are the things you do every day that your audience can't do, doesn't know how to do, doesn't have access to, it's a really easy way for you to create content while you're doing what you're doing anyway. Yeah. And so I guess for people that are like, okay, what can I do tactically? What are some ways that people can tell better brand stories? So telling brand stories, better brand stories is a, is a big ask, right? But some of the, the easy things you can do first to switch over to a more audience-centric way that's going to be more compelling. The first thing I would say is right now, especially, is to look for process-focused content. So by that, I mean content where you're creating to help your audience complete a process, whether that's building something, making it, fixing it, deciding between things, anything that could be served with a, a how-to or instructions, DIY, right? This is a time where educating your audience that not only provides value for you as a business and can be used as a sales tool, you know, here's how to do this, but it's evergreen. So it's valuable for a very long time and it's highly valued by the audience. So if we look back to like March of 2020 of this year, when all the lockdowns and everything else were starting, we did see a huge increase in searches for those kinds of terms, instructions, how to DIY, because we all lost access to the people, places, resources that we normally have. So especially right now, if you're just getting into this game or you're just trying to optimize during this time, then focusing on that instructional process-focused content is a really good place to start. Got it. And do you have any favorite resources around telling better brand stories or even just resources that you like when it comes to building a content team? Yeah, of course, there are so many good resources out there. So the one I recommend most highly is Content Marketing Institute. So if you check out the Content Marketing Institute, their website, they have tons and tons of free blogs, how-to guides, videos, all kinds of stuff. They have some paid courses and academies and trainings. They have Content Marketing World. I'm keynoting at their conference this October. So you know their events are fantastic. Another one would be the Native Advertising Institute, a similar organization that provides a lot of free resources, reports, trainings. And then check out HubSpot. HubSpot also has some really cool courses, training, certification. So if you're looking for that kind of like free information to just learn more about it, then those three are probably where I would start. Got it. And I see something bolded on your site that I noted earlier, talking about thinking like a journalist. I don't have yeah. a journalist background. So I guess, what do you mean by think like a journalist and how do people do that? Yeah, so that's another big one. But I think at the core of it, you know, I think journalism maybe has a bad rap right now. We're in kind of a weird media environment. But most journalists, we get into journalism because we like the idea of being able to act on behalf of our audience. A journalist, when they're there at a press conference or, or interviewing sources, their whole mission is what does my audience want to know about this and how can I act on their behalf to collect that information and then turn around and share it with them so that they're getting what they need if they were there, if they experienced this thing, right? So that's the big part of it is that mind shift to being more audience centric and acting on behalf of your audience. 
you know, obviously it's important for us as marketers, as entrepreneurs to promote ourselves and talk about our products, but that subtle mind shift to what does my audience need? How can I act on their behalf can really shift the way you tell stories to make it a little less selfish, a little less promotional and a little more valuable. And so that's the first mindset shift. And the second thing I always say about thinking like a journalist is finding reputable sources. You know, you very rarely find a story in journalism that just says, here's my thoughts as me, the author of this piece, right? It's always, I talked to this professor and this economist and this expert and this business owner, right? This witness who saw the whole thing. So you want to try to take a similar approach that because I said so doesn't work super well in marketing. So the more you can bring in outside experts and other perspectives, the more compelling and credible your content is going to be. I love that. And so I guess, A, yes, definitely you should be thinking like a journalist because they're very methodical in terms of how they do things. But how about switching to the other side right now? And I don't know if this relates to it, but there's a lot of content overwhelm right now. So there's people that maybe take it too far. So before we started, you you mentioned a phrase, content therapy. What does that mean exactly? Well, I guess I would say that I feel sometimes, you know, my initials are MD. So there's got to be some funny pun product in here somewhere. But I feel a lot of times like people have content issues. Like we all have, whether it's like a limiting belief or like, I don't have time, I'm not creative, right? There's all this sort of emotion built up in why we can or can't create content. And so one of my favorite things to do is just work with folks and be like, tell me your content problems. Like what's the roadblock for you? What's getting in the way of you sharing your story when you know it works and you know you want to do it? Like what's the roadblock there? And then just kind of talking through whether it's products or people or strategies that can help overcome those roadblocks. So yeah, I mean, I think we get stuck because like I said, most of us are doing content as sort of a secondary role to whatever it is we actually love to do, you know, but we have to talk about it. We have to create content about it. And so I love kind of helping people overcome those challenges and figure out, even if it's not, you know, working with us or buying my book, like that's not the goal. The goal is really, how do I get you to a point where you feel confident telling your story and and embracing content as, as a tool you can use in your marketing. Got it. I love that. And you just mentioned the book. So talk about the book. How, why should you be picking up the book? What's the book about? Absolutely. So the book is called a content fuel framework, how to generate unlimited story ideas. And it fulfills its promise. The whole idea is I know that, you know, not everybody who needs help coming up with content ideas or or telling their story is maybe in a position to work with us for consulting or or see me at a conference. And so I wanted to create something more accessible that kind of gives away all the secrets. So I packed as much as I possibly could into this book so that if you need to come up with story ideas, you need to tell your story through content, everything you need is in this book. So I'm going to walk through what you should create content about. I call them content focuses. And then I walk through content formats, how you bring those stories to life. There's also other kind of, you know, tips and tricks in there about how to turn one good content idea into many. I mean, the whole idea is I want to empower you. If you feel like I could use some juice, you know, to power my brainstorms to make better content or more content, then this book's going to walk you through that whole process step by step. Cool. So what I'm hearing is it's got a lot of frameworks that people can kind of swipe and deploy. Absolutely. Because I think, I think that's actually one of the big challenges when it comes to content is we see creativity as this like amorphous mystery thing that some people have and some don't and lightning strikes and light bulbs. Like we give away all of our agency as if creativity happens to us. And that's just not the case. It's a process like anything. It's a muscle you can work out and, and get stronger. So the idea is if you have a process, if you have a system to go through step by step, it's a lot easier to activate that creativity when you need it to say, I need to brainstorm an idea for my business, for my product launch, for my whatever. You're able to do that because you have a system and a step-by-step process. So yeah, that's absolutely the goal is to to build a system around it so that creativity 
it's a little more accessible. Cool. Good deal. I just added it to cart on Amazon. It's got five stars across the board. So congrats on that. Thank you. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year? So it can be like an app or it can be like a Peloton yeah. bike, whatever. <laughs> I know you've prepared for this one. So what is it? Let's hear it. So I am absolutely obsessed with this tool called Inbox When Ready. It's a Gmail plugin. I don't know about you guys, but I tend to get really reactive when I see like a lot of tasks in my inbox. And it can distract me from what I'm supposed to be working on. So Inbox When Ready basically collapses your inbox if you use Gmail, just a Chrome plugin or or whatever browser you use. And it doesn't display the number of unread emails in the tab so that it kind of keeps you from going into, you know, email wormhole. And it also, you can choose limits. So I only allow myself 30 minutes in my inbox every day. And it keeps a counter of how much time I've spent looking at that inbox. So that helps me rein it in big time. I love that. I mean, I saw, I just added another thing right now. Add to, I guess I, add, I added to Chrome right now, but it's another five-star review. So you're on fire with these five-star review things. So, and then Melanie, what is one must-read book you'd recommend to the audience that's not from you? Okay. So I want you to check out Exactly What to Say by Phil M. Jones. So this book is all about, you know, I'm a words person, I'm a storyteller, but all of us are in some capacity in sales, right? We all use words and emails and in marketing and copy and exactly what to say walks you through subtle changes you can make to the language you're using to make it more effective, to help you get the outcomes you're looking for. So it'll make you better at sales. It'll make you a better interviewer, a better listener. This is going to help you in conversations with your partner in negotiations. Like this book is just going to help you change the way you use language to get the results you want. Cool. That's three in a row. I just added that one to the card as well. What is the most compelling thing that you've read, watched, or listened to recently? Oh, man. I was going to say that's, you know, the Phil Jones book is actually probably pretty high up there. I mean, it really changed the way I think about things. I also recently listened to the audiobook. I've got a one-year-old, so I do audiobook lately instead of reading old school. But How to Be Anti-Racist by Ibrahim X. Kendi really was eye-opening for me. I've been trying as part of all the conversations that are happening to make sure I'm listening to more Black voices and understanding perspectives differently. And, you know, I had heard a lot of what was in the book, but so much of it was new and and really eye-opening. So if you consider yourself an ally and you're trying to educate yourself on that whole process, then that book was a game changer. Sounds like another one to add the cart. All right. So final question from my side, who are you following right now? What founder or it doesn't even have to be a founder. Who are you following right now? So I'm following a whole bunch of folks. I mean, Matthew Kovach is on Twitter. M. Kovach is his username, but he's really doing some really interesting stuff just with regards to how to use Twitter as a platform and grow an audience there. And I also always love following Rand Fishkin, formerly of Moz, now Spark Toro. Just the way he is open and transparent about the entrepreneurship journey and what he's learning and what's working and what's not. The accountability that he calls for in our industry, I think is really important. So those are two folks I follow that regularly give me inspiration. Perfect. Well, Melanie, this has been great. What is the best way for people to find you online? Yeah. So you guys can find more about me, my team, and all that we do at storyfuel.co. So it's storyfuel.co. There you can find links, as Eric mentioned, to, you know, about the book, about consulting, about if you want me to come in and give a webinar for your team, happy to set that up with you. And there's also a contact page. So if you want to find me on your network of choice, you'll find links there for, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever floats your boat, you'll find me there. Perfect. Melanie, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me and letting me share my story. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.